Good morning, everyone. How are we doing? It's really embarrassing to have a photograph of yourself from 20 years ago on the wall, but it's a real privilege uh, to speak with you and share with you something I believe God wants to sh share with us. And the reason I say that is Michael stopped me uh, on the way out uh, a good while ago because um, I didn't put anything in the offering. Um, <laughs> No, he's, he stopped me in the way out and he said, you know, I really sense to ask you to, to share, to preach or whatever. And, um, and I said, yeah, fine, what do you want me to speak on? And he had something on his heart that he wanted me to speak on, um, talking about the Valley of Bones. Now, if you know the Bible, you know exactly where we're going to go this morning. And you might say, well, that's a, it's kind of an odd topic to have coming up to Christmas. You know, um, that would be kind of for... I don't know, and you could have actually a sermon on the Valley of Bones, to be honest with you. It doesn't kind of fit any calendar thing, does it? Maybe Halloween. <laughs> but uh, this morning is really, I, I think it's going to be really interesting. Because this morning, I'm going to share with you what I believe God wants to say about truly having a joyful Christmas. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Wouldn't it be fantastic if you really had the joy of the Lord? It gives you strength, you know. It gives you real strength to face the challenges of life. Uh, and unlike like the, the Griswold family. Anyone know the Griswold family? Yeah. yeah? There we go. We can't get that movie going. Don't worry about it. We can? We can. There we go. There's the Christmas turkey. There you go. You want a better Christmas than that, don't you? Dry, so, so there you go. How many conversations are going to be in your house and in my house? I mean, my wife is a fantastic cook. Let me just put that on the record. <laughs> but how many conversations are going to be like that in many houses across Ireland over the next, the next time? But I really, I really want to help all of us to learn and to get an idea of what a, what a Christmas with substance is about. You can have the turkey, and you can have the, the tinsel, and all sorts of different things. But if there isn't substance, if there isn't the meat and the bones, if your turkey is just dry bones, it's no good to you, isn't that right? It's kind of a depressing scene, and on the outside it can look really well, but it's on the inside. Where do you live in your head? You really live in here, isn't that right? We really, what's inside is far more important than what's on the outside. For those of us who are better looking, it's not so much, but anyway. But... But what's inside? You want a Christmas with substance. You want something to be truly grateful for. Something where you're truly, you know what joy is? Joy is about being surprised. You see that every Christmas morning. Wow, it's a, it's a teddy. Wow. You know, you have that. Irvin will have that in his house probably. And, and then someone will switch on something and say, and it got batteries and it moves. It's just joyful. It's about surprise. Sometimes when we're Christians and we're going on a while, we can lose the joy of Christmas, and we shouldn't. It's something that's available to us at any time. And what I believe happened uh, when Michael asked me to, to speak on the Valley of Bones is what God wanted to share with you and me over this time is the backdrop behind Christmas that shows us how joyful we are and how joyful we can be and how joyful we should be because we've got so much. We didn't realize it was so close to Christmas, but God did. So I want us to go through the chapter 
of Ezekiel 37. I'm not going to read it. I'm going to get someone up on the screen here to read it uh, on video as well. But as we go through this chapter of the Word of God, I want you to have a thought. What is this going to look like on the newspaper headlines? Because it's an event that will happen in the future. And it actually is an event that's happening all the time now. What would be the TikTok little video that would be shown? What would be on Instagram? What would Elon Musk make of it with Twitter? Whatever way it goes. So we're going to start on Ezekiel chapter 37, but let's remember we're listening to the word of Almighty God. upon me. He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the voice of the Lord. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath and say to it, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. That's an incredible chapter, isn't it? It's an, whoever said the Bible is boring? If you're reading the Bible and you're reading stuff like that, and there's a lot of stories as, as significant as that in the scriptures, people rising from the dead and all sorts of stuff happening, you know, bread coming out of baskets, just keeping on out of baskets all the time, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. That's not boring. If you find the Bible boring, ask God to help you. I did. I used to find the Bible mind-numbingly boring. And I had an honest conversation with the Lord one time and said, please, <laughs> you know, you and I both know <laughs> that I'm finding this boring. You know, he gave me a love for the scriptures. Isn't that amazing? It's fabulous. Praise the Lord. But imagine, imagine if that video, imagine that event that will happen and that is happening in the lives of different people was on the news, uh, on the news this evening. Well, I imagined it a little bit and I just want to share a little bit with you. There was a man transported through the air this evening to a valley filled with human remains. There were so many human remains scattered that it covered the whole valley. There are reports of this flying man speaking to himself. However, when asked, he denied it and said that he was talking to God or listening to God. Then this man shouted words across this open graveyard. As soon as he began to speak, the birds and the dogs ran away not because of his voice, but because there was a loud, continuous noise. Right across the valley, all the bones started moving, 
finding their formerly adjacent bones. These skeletons started moving as individual bodies with ligaments, muscles, and skin. These zombie-type bodies got their, their wind back and their spirit back and started not to be zombies anymore, but normal people. These individuals came together and formed a very powerful army. The ground shook as this army marched in unison. It is believed that this is none other than the army of the Lord. This is Pascal Sheehy for Artihi News. <laughs> this is a valley, a valley of death, a valley of hopelessness, a valley of despair, a valley of loss. It's a desert with no growth, no potential, no promise, no bright side. There's no way, positive way, of looking at this valley. It's bones. They're not even wet bones. They're dry bones. And obviously, in, in one point in this valley, something terrible had happened. Because there was people all over that valley. And not only did they die, their bones were scattered. And this was a reflection of the, the exile that the people of God were in. The families were split up and spread all over the world. Maybe you know the pain in your heart of being away from your family, being separated from those who you love this Christmas. For us, we're all walking through different kinds of deserts, aren't we? Different valleys. And it seems to me as if the word crisis is the new buzzword in town. A financial crisis. A housing crisis. A mental health crisis. A COVID crisis. These are very real events. And we're all wading through some kind of desert. There's always something trying to move us away from living a full and free life. Even battering the weather to get here this morning. It's always something. And let's not get desensitized by the statistics that we hear in the news and let just make it a mathematical problem. For instance, in Middleton, about 10 years ago, it had the highest suicide rate in Europe. Isn't that incredible? Glanmire, two years before that, wasn't so far behind. And your corner in your valley may have a different type of death than mine. But we know this, that whatever happened in Genesis at the start of Scripture, when the fall of man, we do know that death has permeated all through society and people. Isn't that true? You say, oh gosh, I'm glad I came this morning. <laughs> but these verses are specifically talking about Israel. Not a secular state, but a people who are called by God. And you'll know the images. You'll know the images of the Jewish people right down through the centuries. And those images in your head, I can't even put up in PowerPoint. Because a lot of them are skeletons and bones and all sorts of stuff. Isn't that true? You know that story. And the Bible is really, really clear. That the wages of sin is death. And this valley of bones is a symbol of that. Except it's real. It's not just a symbol. 
The wages of rejecting sin, and our ancestors have done that. And we're just born in that situation. And in your life, I'm not going to be depressing for the whole morning, by the way, but in your life, you may be experiencing different kinds of death. You may have an emotional death. You may have a spiritual kind of death, what people often refer to as the dark night of the soul. You may be struggling psychologically with, with, with depression or stress. This nation has had moral deaths, countless of them, in the last 20, 30 years. There can be a contractual death. Maybe you've been made unemployed. Maybe a marriage is gone. There can be a partial death. My wife takes a photograph of the back of my head every Christmas day. Because <laughs> it's... You know what I mean? <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> and then there's things that are more serious like stroke. And then there's complete death. And I don't think that's happened to anyone here this morning. But it might have happened to someone you've loved. And you feel the pain and the loss of that. Christmas is so important. Because it's the festival to remind us that God hasn't abandoned humanity. And no matter how bad things get, there is always hope for the people of God. Amen? Amen. Always hope. And this is what the story of the valley is about. In the midst of the valley of death, what is needed is not some kind of well-meaning religious nice person that says well if we just gather the bones together and make a nice kind of monument to the past and we could put different colors on them and we could display them for everyone to see whenever they, whenever they pass the only problem is nobody's passing because everyone's dead anyway <clears throat> but you don't need that what you need in the valley that you're struggling with and what i need in the valley that i'm struggling with is a word from God the direction of our shepherd who happens to be a creator amen and that's what we need and that's what Christmas is all about it's about the living word of God breaking into our world and bringing life and wholeness and balance and healing and salvation or whatever you need he's coming for you that's the conspiracy whether it's spiritual or practical, Jesus has the answer because he's holding all things together. I want you to think of the hedgehog that's in the Amazon right as we speak that's just crossing the road. Who's given him the energy to bounce on his four legs? God. He upholds all things. Who's giving you breath in your lungs at this very moment? Take a breath. Who gave you that? God. Who's making your heart pulse inside your body right now? It's under the command of God. Isn't that incredible? And this is what Christmas is all about. It's reminding us and declaring to us that Jesus is the word of God. God, sorry, some of these slides I think are gone a bit. There you go. That Jesus is the Word of 
God. And so many times through history, God has spoken through prophets like Ezekiel and through different circumstances. But this message of Christmas was so important that God himself came to deliver the message. In fact, he is the message. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us in this valley of the shadow of death. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus came to show off God to a lost and dying world. Amen. This is what Christmas is all about. And he comes to, to people like you and me, normal people, but not perfect people, people who've fallen and sinned and, and blown it, but he comes in a particular way. You see, May, Moses came with the law, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Did you ever live with someone that just does that? <laughs> Don't put the bowls there, put them into the dishwasher. Now, that's not relevant to my life, but it's probably relevant to your life. <laughs> but Jesus came with grace. Undeserved favor. Do you need that this morning? Undeserved favor. God just choosing you, not because of you, but because of Him. Amen. Choosing you. The grace. Jesus came full of grace and truth. God loves you. And He comes to you and gives you favor. And gives you truth. And this truth is so important. He came himself. He says, I am the truth. This is the story of Christmas. So you may have only seen, and I may have only seen, a health crisis, a housing crisis, an energy crisis. But God saw the real problem. And the real problem is that we are a God crisis. If he upholds all things, we need him. Isn't that right? And in the Bible, Jesus is called the word of God. What has God got to say to a lost and broken world? Jesus. Jesus, that's what God has to say. And the message is not just verbal. It's also nonverbal. He came in flesh and he demonstrated. If you want to know what God's character is like, look at Jesus. Because God is Jesus and Jesus is God, but we're not going to go into that today. And Christmas is the celebration that God hasn't forgotten us. But he came to rescue you from sin and from the terrible wages that sin dishes out. Jesus has come to rescue you from your foolishness. Anyone been foolish here? Anyone under the age of 12, probably? <laughs> or over the age of 12? God has come to rescue you from the foolishness of others in your life. Jesus has come. And because of his great love for us, there we go, because of his great love for us, God, 
who is rich? It's nice to be rich, isn't it? When we think of rich, we're thinking (laughs) cash. God is rich in mercy. So we've learned that God gives us undeserved favor. But he's rich in mercy. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. He's rich because, why? Because of his love for you. God is rich in mercy, has made us alive in Christ when we were dead in our transgressions and sins. We were dead. Dead in a relationship to God. Dead in a relationship to life. Just degenerating towards the grave as we go. You grow up and then you... It is by grace, isn't that beautiful? That you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated him in the heavenly realms with him. God raises people from the dead every day. And, and he, wants, he wants you next to him. Did you ever know someone kind of famous? I knew someone famous one time. and Well, it was nice to be with them because if I was with them, then obviously I was important. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and Christ raises you and seated, seats you together with him. And he says, I'm not ashamed to call him. My brother, isn't that beautiful? Jesus isn't ashamed of you. And he sits you together with him. We've learned that the wages of sin is death. We know that all that death is around us in all sorts of ways. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Isn't that incredible? And this is what Christmas is all about. So let's not just get all excited about the tinsels and the lights and the presents. Let's not dress up death. Where's that thing gone? Let's not dress up death and have an empty Christmas. But let's get a life. Let us listen to the message of Christmas, to the message of Christ coming. Let's have room and welcome God's living word into our hearts because when God speaks, bang, it comes to be. Amen? Have you read Genesis 1, first page in the Bible? God spoke, bang, and it came to be. God said, let there be light, boom, and it came on. No energy crisis there. I believe in the big bang. God said it, bang, it happened. Amen. God wants you to know this morning that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. He's not confined to spiritual things. He's Lord over absolutely everything all of the time. And in this world and in your life, he wants to deal with the real humanitarian crisis. And he has done that at Christmas. That's what Christmas is all about, by sending Jesus. And the Christmas message is that Jesus has come. So what? So that God could forgive you and cleanse you of all your sin and baggage and dirt and mistakes and everything else. Isn't that fabulous news? I have no idea why you're not dancing on the tables. Maybe it's because we have no tables, but anyway, there you have it. It gives us a chance 
to start again. And you might be saying to me this, this morning, no, no, Brian, you don't understand. Things have just gone too far. Things are so bad. The family's separated. We're gone. It's all over. I'm smashed. There's no hope for me, Brian. Brian, you have no idea. I failed too much. The train, Brian, it's already left the station. The opportunity is gone. <coughs> or like the people in Ezekiel. They said this, we've become old. Dry boned. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. And that's true. Yes. But God. Amen. But God. And if you're a Christian, you need to know that your God is the sovereign God. And he, if he wants to take your train back, he's bringing that train back. If he has to lay down new tracks, he's putting down new tracks. But if he decides the train is coming back, the train's coming back. Amen. He restores the years that the locust has stolen. That's what he does. He specializes in making a way where there is no way. That's what Christmas is all about. Whether it's a virgin becoming pregnant, I mean, get your head around that. Or walking on water. Or turning your life around. This is the message of Christmas. And he doesn't want to use PowerPoint. I can't use it anyway. But he doesn't want to use it. There's a can't and a won't. Right? I can't, he won't. What he wants to do is have you as his object lesson in the valley of death. Isn't that incredible? That he brings hope where there is no hope. That he brings a way where there is no way. And you may ask, well, Brian, in my situation, what will God do? Will he heal me? That's a very serious question, isn't it? Will he turn that specific situation to the way that I feel it needs to be? Well, I'll answer you like Ezekiel. I don't know. But I know that the sovereign God knows. And what the sovereign God wants, the sovereign God gets. Isn't that fabulous? What I know is that God loves you and will be faithful to you and will fulfill what he has promised and planned for you. I remember one time I had suffered really, really with terrible pain. It started when I was about 15 years of age and maybe I'm kind of 27 at this stage. And I would get terrible, terrible pain to the point that for four days I'd be on the floor. I wouldn't be able to move. I had pains in all sorts of places and up my back and over my head I had a toothache in every tooth in my mouth. Can you imagine? I, wasn't, I didn't know whether to lie down or to stand up. I had no idea. I used to go into A&E. And I said, can you, can you give me more pain relief, please? And I said, Brian, you're on 26 painkillers a day. We can't give you any more. It might kill you. And my answer was, that's actually not a bad option. And some of you know what it's like to say that. 
I remember one Saturday I was inside my flat. I had the neck brace and the whole thing. And I just started speaking to God. And I said, I was like, you know, remember that man in police academy? You know, the small little fella? I couldn't even talk. But I prayed. Who knows you can pray even if you can't talk? And I said, God, you and I both know, remember I couldn't talk, that you've called me to preach. However, it's kind of difficult, God. I can't move. Then a friend called. I don't know if it was that day or, but it was soon after. A friend called. And he said, Brian, let's go for a spin. You know the friend that comes in smiling when you're crying, that one? Okay. And I said, I can't go anywhere. And he said, Brian, you're in agony anyway. So you're in agony in the flat, or you can be in agony as, as you just drive through the countryside. Let's just go for a spin. And I said, fair enough. So I got into the, the car, drove through the English countryside. We went into a, got into a flood, car can't out. He turned to me and he said, you wouldn't mind getting out and pushing the car, would you? <laughs> this is a bad day. <laughs> it's a fine mess you got me into. So I did. I pushed the car backwards like that after <laughs> the flood. And then just to kind of just get dry and relax and all, we went into a pub. Lovely little pub at the side of the canal, of a canal in England. You know, they're very quiet pubs in, in England. And um, I went in with the collar and all the rest of it. And there was a man sitting with his daughter at the other side of the pub. And he, he shouted at me across the pub, not across the valley, but across the pub. <clears throat> and he said, take that stupid collar off your neck. <laughs> and I didn't even go near him because if I had got near him and got strength, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I said to him, have you any idea how much pain I'm in? And he said, oh, and he's a paddy as well. <laughs> now, Michael, I have to be honest. I don't often feel violent. <clears throat> Sometimes with the dog, but no. <laughs> but if I could have throttled him, I would have. You know, the wrong thing said at the wrong time, you know, that kind of a way. However, this was the right thing said at the right time. Because I didn't know he was a spinal surgeon. In fact, he was the only spinal surgeon in the UK in 65 million people that knew my condition just by looking at me. And he gave me a physiotherapist session inside in the pub, up against the wall like that, you know what I mean? It cost me a glass of whiskey and a glass of red wine, deal with the ethics later. <laughs> Should have cost me 400 quid. That was a Saturday and a Thursday. The collar was gone, the pain was gone. Uh, amen. amen. You see, you can't tell me that God doesn't heal. And he, he, he'll be properly then a few years after that, but that's another story. But you cannot, 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 well, you can try, and, and tell me that God doesn't heal. Because I've been healed. And who knows? crisis that you're in I don't know what it's in but what I'll say to you is the only place where you'll get a miracle is in a crisis and you may be in the valley of bones this morning 
But the purpose of God in your life is that you will know that I am the Lord. Then you will know. When you've met God in your crisis, when you've seen the deliverance of God in your situation, then you will know. And sometimes we think God will give us the miracle we want. And sometimes he doesn't. But what he always does is show up in the valley. And he always has something radical to say about your situation in the valley. The crisis always brings us to a place of knowing God in a much deeper way. And this is what Christmas is all about. Jesus doesn't want you to be the religious nut having an argument about doctrine over the Christmas table and causing terrible religious problems in your family. But maybe he does want you to say something like, I don't know. All I know is that I was blind. And now I can see. (laughs) I don't know. I just met a man who told me everything I've done. (laughs) God has a testimony ready for you in the middle of your valley. Do you want it? He wants to meet you in your valley. How many people can testify as if this was court, that you've met God in a crisis. Show me your hands. Look around the room. Look around the room. How many can say in this room that you've been dead spiritually, but now you're in relationship to God? Hands. Look around the room. How many of you here can say, I know what it is to be cleansed and forgiven of all my sin? Let's stand. And I want you to look around. And I want you to see the army of the Lord inside in this room. Amen? That we have the joy of meeting God in our lives, having our sins forgiven, having a relationship with God, and all sorts of things happening in our lives. We know the miraculous power of God. This is the army of the Lord that God is commissioning to walk into the valley of your neighbors, your friends, your family, and saying, all I know is that I've met him. Amen? Have you met him? Praise God. Do you want to meet him again in your valley? Let's just put out your hands and say, Lord, in the valley that I'm in today, I I cast my, my hope away from the world and I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? Tell me, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. Amen. Those who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Is this true of you? Amen. Amen. We need to get some tables, Michael, because we need to start dancing. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Amen.
Maybe you're saying, what the heck? But what are these people doing? Maybe you've never known what it is to have God come inside your heart. Maybe you're sitting, maybe you're standing, because everyone else is standing, you know what I mean? But maybe you're like the empty turkey. Maybe it's just dry and empty inside, or maybe you're a Christian for a while and you've just run out a bit of oil. Why don't you just, you can put up your hands, you can do it metaphorically or physically, and reach out to the Lord and say, I want an authentic Christmas, Lord. I want to meet you in the valley. I want to meet you in my finances. I want to meet you in my health. I want to meet you in my marriage. I want to meet you in my relationships. I want to meet you in, in the different situation that you're going through. I want you to talk to the Lord for a moment. Father, I pray for everyone in this room that has turned their hope to Jesus Christ. And I pray, O oh Lord, that you would remind them of the, the, the richness that you have poured into their lives, of the goodness, and that they would be surprised by the joy, like a child opening, of what you have done for them. And Lord, what you have done, you are doing. And what you are doing, you will continue to do. Because this is your character. This is your nature. Father, we bless you. And we decide to worship you and serve you. And decide to be the object lessons to our friends and our families over the Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen.